Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday, and uh, I'm going to dedicate my remarks, I guess, to uh, Norm Freeman, a friend of mine, who is now undergoing surgery as we speak. Just found out that it's still going on. Um, it's Parshish Kiseitse, which is weird because it's got a, Parshish Kiseitse has no rhyme or reason to it. It's got a hundred, di- go look it up. You'll see it's a hundred different kind of alochas and they're not related to each other at all, like a potpourri. But I always think whenever you get the Parshish Kiseitse, it's organized that it should come out just for Rosh Hashanah. It's always an L, right? And, uh, the reason it's always an L is because Parshish Kisavel has to be before Rosh Hashanah. That's how they jiggle the uh, the calendar, and the reason is because Gisov has a tovacha, and for uh, religious uh, purposes, religious superstitious purposes, we take Lashana close up. You want to get the it's like a good simon, you know. You want to get the the klolos of the tovacha out of the way before the new year starts. Okay, so take Lashana close up. So if Gisov is going to come out just before Rosh Hashanah, then obviously Gisetzi will be like uh, like we have now a week or two or three whatever before Rosh Hashanah. Which is just kind of interesting, because as everybody knows, the beginning of Parshat Yisaitse is about the Yafas Toar. The Jewish soldier captures a girl on the battlefield, and he can marry her. By the time it's all over, you know, by the time he goes through the whole process, if he wants to, he can marry her, which is a totally weird kind of thing. And what is the language over there, as we all know, Rashi quotes, Dibbertor Kenega Yitzhar. What does that mean? The Torah. It speaks to the HR, meaning you can't control a soldier in battlefield. It's going to happen if we're going to try to regulate it. Like I mentioned last week, if you want to smoke, smoke with a filter or something. You know, I know it's not a good idea, but if you want to do it, this is how you're going to do it, even though the kids will turn out uh, not great. Um, that's a totally weird um, uh, mitzvah uh, or procedure on any account, on a hundred different ways. Uh, first of all, just off the top of my head, you can do this with the seven nations, the Kanani and Mori, Prizibusi, Girgashi, and so forth. Uh, I thought, Lo Sechai Kol I thought you're supposed to wipe him out or kick him out of Israel. Isn't that like constantly repeated in the Chumash? If you don't kick him out, there'll be thorns in your eyes, and I say again, in your eyes and your sides, and they'll take you down, which, by the way, happened if you read the book called the Nach. It's the Old Testament, not the New. And... The, uh, presence of all these, uh, Kanani and Mori priests, all the Sheva Umos, would be very deleterious. In spite of what I just say, so if you see a pretty girl, you can marry her by the time you, you know, shave her head and all that sort of thing. Um, so, great. So what you're telling me is that part of, I mean, let's put it this way. If you follow through, this missile was practiced 
the reason I say this, they say David uh, uh, what do you call it, Yafastar? Uh, who was it? Avshalom, according to the Gemara, anyway. It's supposed to be from Yafastar, or maybe Tamar, to be more exact. Actually, both of them. Uh, I won't go into the details of that. Uh, and the Gemara said there were 400, uh, he had like a super, uh, what's the right word, terrorism unit that even Yoah was afraid of. That, uh, you know, who were children of Yafastar, who were raised Gaish, and they dressed like uh, gang members, and uh, Bali Egro, Shal David, these are the guys that Yov was afraid of, which according to the Gemara in Sanhedrin, I think it's Sanhedrin or Kedushin, that's why Yov didn't switch to Avshalom, meaning you did have these Yafastors running around. Now, by that I mean you did have a population among the Jewish people during the biblical period, the period of Yeshua Shoftim Shemuel Lachim, which included X number of people who were actually Canaanites. I mean, they're halachically Jewish, but they're descended from Canaan. Isn't that kind of weird? Uh, because let me put it this way. If you're telling me somebody was Megayer, which is a Shiloh in the Halacha, if somebody from the sh- sh- Seven Nations can be Megayer. But let's say you can. Okay? Um, so let's let's put the best spin on this. Is it Gerd Tzedek? That's a different story. Right? Uh, I'll put, the, like I said, I'm putting the best spin on this. Rachav Azona in Yericho, she converted, let's say, for the best possible reasons. So even though she's in Jericho, and she's one of the, the seven nations, but okay, somebody had a complete change of heart that shows you it's a different type of person, and so on and so forth. The Afas Toar, this girl has just had the misfortune, or whatever you want to call it, or maybe good fortune, to be captured by the Jewish soldier, and not slaughtered along with the rest of the population. Just read the book of Joshua. This girl now is kind of forcibly uh, becomes Jewish. So it doesn't look like she has too much of a say in this matter. And now she's brought up, let's say she was 20 years old, I'm going to this up, let's say she's 20, 30 years old. So she's been all of her life as, as a pagan. And now through military circumstances, she finds herself the wife of a Jew. You tell me what she's going to be like and how she's going to influence her husband or is he going to influence her, which is going to be, you tell me. And the kids, the Gemara even says we've been so remote. So what kind of a din is that, okay? And second of all, what's the whole concept of Dibber Torah connection to her? It's like saying the Torah finds it expedient, God finds it expedient, on certain occasions, in certain situations, to accommodate the Yitzhahara. Meaning, since the guy's not going to be able to resist anyway, so at least doing this in this way, we'll find some kind of legal form. And what's interesting to me is that it reminds me, as it should remind you, of the Gemara of Kadei Laravis Asatan. Because you have Dibber Turkinet Yitzhahara, and then you have Kedei Laravis Asatan. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, and uh, page 16, Tezayin, that, why do you have Tekiyas de Meyushim, Tekiyas de Amida, Ma'umad? You have two times blowing the shofar, really, all you need in the shofar is uh, just one time, you know, but at the, during the Shemun Esrei. Um, and even there, it's kind of elaborated, you know, it started out with three and ends up with a hundred. So, uh, why do you have the other one? Kedei Larvis Asatim, to confuse the Satan. Uh, right off the bat, you know, people, what's that mean? Now, Rashi, Kidarko, always takes an Agatha literally. That doesn't mean Rashi believes it literally, but he, his his policy across Shas, when you have an Agatha, no matter what it is, is to simply explain to the student what the text is saying. So, if the Satan is L'Arvev, is getting confused, what does that mean? Besides the symbolism, what's what does that mean? And Rashi says... I, I know you know this. Rashi says famously 
Well, when the Sultan sees that the Yisrael is mechavim in the mitzvahs, that they're doing extra mitzvahs more than they need, he gets all confused. Which suggests that the Satan is coming with the basic time that the Jews don't want to keep anything, and they're butchering, and they're losers, and why should you uh, help them out, give them a good dinner, Rosh Hashanah? And the counter-argument is, no, 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 they actually go beyond, above and beyond. Uh, they do more that's necessary. Which therefore, incidentally, that's a very interesting Gemara, which therefore means that when the Satan hears the uh, the first round, then he says, wait a minute, this it says, Satan is a Tamachacham. So, uh, wow, why are they doing this extra, uh, you know, uh, um, blowing? The very fact that they're doing the Tzikiyas to Yishev is itself very confusing and leads him to be discombobulated. And as a result, um, I think he says, Nestatmu Tainosov, something like that. Let me pull out a Gemara here. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know what to say anymore, okay? It's like the prosecuting attorney got, got confused. Yeah, here it is. Kishay Yishma Yisrael Machabes HaMitzvah when he hears, meaning he hears the extra blowing of the shofar, Mistatmin Dvaro. Then his words are shut up. Which means he doesn't know what to say. So that's basically a lawyer walking with a whole brief, and he's got it all worked out, and then it turns out the circumstances are just completely different. And he's not one of these super duper lawyers that can turn on a dime and play it either way. Uh, and therefore his, the, the hope is that he's not going to be able to say anything against you because he sees that you're liking the missus. That's how Rashi explains literally Kadila Arbiv as a Satan. Uh, I think we all know that we've heard this many times. But, uh, you know, I just interrupted this for a minute because I wanted to look something up. I, this uh, podcast sometimes get out of hand. I don't want to get so detailed. But Rashi, as I said, says that the Sultan is not going to uh, is, is not going to have what to say. Uh, Tosa very famously, and I know you know this, says that uh, he quotes Yushalmi, which doesn't exist. Meaning, it's not in the Talmud Yushalmi <laughs> that we have. Anyhow, uh, I looked it up just to make sure. And there he says, you know, when the Sultan here, what's the language of Tosa? It's actually very ambiguous. You could give a sheer on this. That's not my intention now. Tosa is Pirush Aruch. That the Arch quotes in Yerushalmi, which says, "Bila Mavas Anetsa Choyim Bayimahu Yitagashav Bagadol." These are two psukim. Kachama Kol Shipura Zim Nechada. When the Satan hears the shofar one time, Boyhov Laboy starts to freak out. The Kachama Tinyu when he hears the the shofar the second time, Vad Omar the Satan says, "Vadi Zel Shipura the Yitagashav Bagadol." This must be the the final judgment, in which it's Umach Zim Lehizbala Umisvarev. And the time has come for death to die, you know, for the Satan to die. He gets all confused. And therefore the Satan doesn't have time to go prosecute the Jews because he's worried about his own neck. That's uh, the famous uh, Tosis that everybody quotes. There's a whole literature on that. In other words, let's put it this if you want to play this game. Uh, which uh, chauffeur blowing is the one that Messes up the satan. It's a machlokes b'shanim, right? Uh, some say when he hears the first shofar, then he starts to uh, get all confused, and uh, by the time he hears the second one, that totally freaks him out. In, in which case, the extra shofar you blow before the shmon esrei is to help freak him out during the shmon esrei. Uh, some here's a cute one. The tour, if you look it up over there in uh, Tufkev Pehei, says like this. Uh, when the Satan, <laughs> this is actually funny, when the Satan hears the first blowing, which is, which you and I know is before the, sh- the Shemun Esrei, uh, 
so then he says, all right, the court's in session. And so he rattles off everybody's sins. And uh, he shoots his whole bolt. Uh, and he doesn't realize that the there's coming up later on uh, the Tekiyas, the Mu'umat, in the Shemonastery. And that's when the court will be there. So it's like a lawyer showing up and delivering a whole uh, prosecution speech. And the court was not even in session. He thought it was, but the court was not even in session. So therefore, whatever he has to say doesn't get recorded at the time it says. That's a different shot than saying he's so confused that the Sultan even doesn't know what to say. Uh, and there are other interpretations over there like that. In other words, which are the ones that are Ma'ab the Sultan? The Tekiyas de Musa or is it the Tekiyas de Ma'umad? Like I say, different Shonim, uh, you, you can look that up for yourself. I'm serious, I don't want to be funny. You can look up that yourself if you want to. It's actually uh, an interesting sugya. But uh, those are two approaches that take the Satan as a guy with uh, a pitchfork and uh, horns and is a creature and is going after you and therefore you do all kind of quote unquote magical things um, to uh, get him off your tail and uh, you blow the shuffle extra and that's the approach of Rashi and, and, and Tosis and the different Rishonim now the question becomes like this how the Rambam going to read that because the Rambam is always a rationalist and the general style of the Rambam is when you uh, have some uh, unusual or strange agarata, it kind of, you know, uh, what's the right word? Uh, ignores it, or, or that's not the right word, but he uh, sort of flips it by. He, he doesn't deal with it, uh, because uh, except in the rare cases that he does. Uh, because the Ram's not going to take it literally. On the other hand, he does not believe that the Chazal are talking baloney, so therefore there's a meaning to it. If you're at all interested in this subject, go read the Rambam's intro to Perkhalik. And what she says, there are different people trying to approach their Gadata. Most don't get it. Some take it literally. Some take it uh, with skepticism. And the answer is that you don't take it literally, but don't take it with skepticism either. Each one has a deep meaning, uh, a philosophical meaning. You just have to uncover it. You understand? So it's a, it's a, it's a, to uncover deep ideas through mushals and malitzas. That's uh, the Rambam's approach. And uh, he promised to write a book, the Rambam did, in which he would give examples at great length of the Agarata. He never did, because his career was such that he never got around to that particular project. He pulled off uh, a number of big projects, as we know, as it is. And um, you can get some idea from his son, if you read the writings of Avon Ben-Arambam, to some degree that have survived, he kind of applies the Maimonidean approach to these uh, unusual, uh, strange Agaratas. Uh, although most of Avon Ben-Arambam's stuff has also actually not been published as lost, which is a shame. Although he does have a book, Maspik Lov De Hashem, which is now translated whew, by the Feldheim, I think, into English. Uh, the original translation, Dramam son wrote it in Arabic, and the original translation was like 80 years ago by Rabbi Rosenblatt from Bestafel here in Baltimore. When he was a professor, he had my job, he had a professor of Jewish stuff at Hopkins. Uh, but his translation was so... Uh, obscure, arcane. <laughs> you need a, a translation to understand this English translation. So now there's a better one. And I've actually given that book to the Masvi Globe de Hashem to some guys that had big effect on them. It's uh, interesting, you know. Some people are into Hasidus, some people are into Chabad, some people this. And I've had a number of people that really like the Avram uh, ben Rambam. But even he doesn't do it that much, okay? Uh, but usually the Rambam doesn't need to address this like, for example, in the Mishnah Torah, because the halachas are just the halachas. Um, however, 
And this is the point I wanted to make today. We have an unusual case here with Rosh Hashanah. Because, I'll bet you everybody knows this, the Rambam says in Hilchus Teshuvah, which in Mishnah Torah, that the, what, is the, what is the meaning, the remez, of the shofar blowing? And Uri Yishen Mishinaskam, wake up from your sloth and your slumber, you uh, lazy bums out there. The language in the Rambam is, Afa Bishetkiyas HaShofar, Tzeres HaKasuk, even though blowing the shofar is a straightforward din, uh, so you don't look for the reasons for it. Rem is Yeshbo, but there's a Rem is there, Uri Yishen Mishinaskam, and they're dumb, and Hakisim is their Dazchem. That you guys who are sleeping all through the year morally wake up. And examine your ways and return in, in, in repentance. And etc. cetera, et cetera. It goes on in, in great lengths. Now this is kind of unusual. Why doesn't the Rambam do that for Sukkah? Why doesn't the Rambam do it for most of the Mishnahs over there? Once in a while you have a little sermonette at the end of a whole section of the Mishnah Torah. They're really uh, nice. But not on a specific discrete Mishnah. Why does it say... The remez of sukkah is such and such. The remez, I don't know, of uh, Ari Miklat is such and such. The remez of, uh, you know, Tzitzis is such and such. It doesn't really do that. Here, he goes like quite, it's almost like a sermon. Uh, it's a good question. And if you see the Ram doing something somewhat out of character, so you ask yourself, well, why? So Pashim Shai could say like this, he was carried away by the subject. After all, the chauffeur and Shuva are very big in Yonim, and therefore it's interesting, but that's not it. I'll tell you what I think. And I, for some reason, I've never seen anybody actually say this, but I'm sure I'm wrong, because it's so obvious to me that it must be written somewhere. And that is the following. When it comes to um, Talmudic laws, the Rambam records them. Uh, this business of Kedil Arviv as a Sutton might be taking something, you know, like one of those Agathas. Uh, so the Rambam ordinarily would kind of ignore it. However... There is a law called you blow the shofar before Shimon Esri, the keys to Yishev. That's a din in the Gemara. By the time the discussion is over, it's clear in the Gemara, Lama Tokim Marian Tokim Yishev Tokim Umad. That's a halacha. If you look in the Riff, which I just did, he quotes this as a din that you have to. The Riff, the Riff says you have to blow the shofar before the Shimon Esri Kedei Laarvis Asatan. So, and the Ram always follows the Riff. So, therefore, this is a key element in this particular halacha. Now, the Rambam must have been bothered. Why, Taka, are we blowing the shofar a second time, or, if you wish, extra time before the Shemun uh, Esrei on Rosh Hashanah? Why are you doing that? Kedil Ariv is a satan? To the Rambam, the satan ain't going to be somebody running around, like I said before, with a pitchfork and with horns and all that. So it's like sort of offensive. What is the meaning of it? But you can't ignore it. Because the entire Messias of this particular halacha of Tekiyas to Yeshev is based on Kedil Arvis Hassan. It's not like some extra little thing that somebody throws in there after the Gemara laid out a clear halachic, uh, you know, a, a guideline. And then someone later in the Gemara, sometimes you find this, will say, oh, and it means this and that and that. Here, it's a part, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a basic part of what the Messias is all about. I'll say it again. The Rif brings it down. The Ram always uh, uh, follows the Rif. So, rather than saying the Mishnah Torah that there's a mitzvah to blow the shover extra, Kedel Arvis Asatan, in my opinion, Rambam instead, in Hilchus Tshuva, very interestingly, gave what he thinks, in my opinion, is the meaning of Kedel Arvis Asatan. What does it mean to confuse Satan? To confuse Satan is within you, meaning it's your Yetzirah. It's you. 
it's a psychological reality. It's not, it's, it's, it's not somebody external to you. And therefore he says, wake up from your sloth and your slumber, you sinners and lazy, uh, morally lazy bums out there. That's the, that's the Yitzhar. That's the Arvis Satan. Shaking up Satan means you, uh, take hold of yourself and say, where am I holding? And what am I doing right? And what am I doing wrong? You give a cheshvan on nefesh and you start to look for the emis instead of the sheker, as he puts it over there. And you start to wake up from your, uh, mental sleep and examine your ways. And try to get better. And you abandon your bad ways and try to pick up some good ways and stop focusing on the shtus, as he calls it over there. Those who waste their whole year with Narashkai. That is the meaning of Kedeva Arvis Satan. So, in other words, once again, it's a metaphor. It's not literally true according to this. That you're confusing the sun. So many people ask me questions all the time. Doesn't the sun know every year that you're being confused? So what does it mean? Is he a dummy that you don't know? He doesn't realize. Here comes the chauffeur again, and it's going to confuse you. According to Rambam, there, there is no sun like that. The sun is you. You have man is created with with two inclinations. That's reality. And man has free will. That's a reality. And uh, you're supposed to choose the good and the bad. But on the other hand, it it requires a constant effort. To fight the sun. That's just the way people are built. And temptation and sin is always out there. And you have, you can do it, but you always have to be on the ball. And this, and the, and the chauffeur reminds you or wakes you up, or if it works right, it does, wakes you up to your moral responsibilities. And therefore, or you shame should not wake from your slumber and, 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 and repent. Uh, and so, uh, that's, in my opinion, why the Rambam says that, uh, you have this, um, phenomenon called that the chauffeur has a remez. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because, as I said before, usually when you, it sounds like they're talking about a real salt. Most, most of them, Farsham, I haven't gone through all of them, most of them, Farsham, will usually say that the, you know, salt means like Rashi or like Tosis or something like that. Today, just because of this podcast, I just opened up, I stopped this, uh, interrupted this for a minute, and looked in the back and the, and the riff, and I do see the Ron. And the Ron is also a big uh, rationalist, by the way. I mentioned the other day on my podcast about the Rivosh with student the Ron, that the Ron's yeshiva, they actually had a class in philosophy <laughs> in addition to uh, Gemara and Halacha. So uh, philosophy means, you know, understanding Agatatan, these sorts of things. And listen to this, the Ron in the back of the Gemara, Rosh Hashanah, I, I think this is cool. The Ron in the back of the Gemara, Rosh Hashanah, I'm talking about the Ron on the riff, Says Kedela Arvis is Satan Pirish Lahachnia Sayatzer. There you have it. That the word Larvis is Satan doesn't mean you take a guy named Satan and confuse him, but your Machnia, you crush your Yatzahara. Uh Kirishlakishnamar who's Satan who Malchamovasu Yatzahara. So clearly the Ram is offering in the footsteps of the Rambam a very rationalistic way of approaching this. What do we call this? Dibra Torah Kanega Yatzahara. Right? So here if you follow what I just said, this din of the chauffeur and the extra things that you throw, uh, the extra uh, mitzvahs, like the miyushav and all the rest of it, depending on which reason you follow, uh, these are all ways of saying that the different connection is are. You have to be conscious of the fact that the eights are out there and you have to uh, take steps to accommodate it. Now, what's re- weird is when it comes to this Yifas Torah and, and Parsha Kisheshe, the sexual thing, the Torah is basically saying you're not going to be able to overcome this straightforward. Or, let's put it this way, 
you should, but but many will not be able to. And therefore, in order to accommodate that, we have this uh, din. But on the other hand, when it comes to regular Avedis, you don't usually do that. So how do we... I'm throwing this out to you. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I'm, I don't have this all worked out. I, uh, I'm throwing out to you uh, maybe something to discuss on Shabbos or consider that uh, what's the meaning of Dibber Turgenesi Ahara? And then on the other hand, you do La'arivis Asatan. Perhaps La'arivis Asatan means you need, um, what's the right word? What they, in other words, what Parshish Kishetzi on the one hand and the, and the mitzvahs of Tekiya uh, Shofar and Tekiya Samishal on the other hand have in common is you need extra shtick to help in the fight against Satan. In other words, from a strictly, uh, how shall we say, austere, a stoic point of view, one should say the following. Listen, buddy, you're here in the world. You're on your own. You have right and wrong. Make the right choice. If you didn't make the right choice, heck with you. You know, you're, it's your problem. Uh, and when Rosh Hashanah comes and when you die, you get judged, whether you, you know, like, like, like a teacher who, who, who totally grades on the grade, on, on what you got on the test. You know, you made the right choice, you get rewarded. You made the wrong choice, you didn't get rewarded. If not, it was your problem. And yet, it's not so pushed. Not for a lot of people. Uh, sometimes you need extra, extra, uh, uh, tricks and shticks. So, if you come to the test of your soldier, you encounter the Fast Torah, the Torah said, listen, Simply to say, don't do it, oh, well, like Reagan, you know, just say no, is, uh, sounds good, but it's not so easy. Sometimes you need uh, stratagems and tactics. So, for example, the classic explanation of Mitzvah's Torah is that when you tell the girl to uh, dishevel herself and uh, cry for her parents for a month and look ugly, hopefully that will lead to the a cooling of the passion, and by the time the process is over, you will have been able to overcome, I repeat, to overcome your desire for the Yifaz Torah. So you need a whole set of ceremonies in order to do that. Similarly, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, theoretically, you should say like this, you know, you're being judged, you did right or wrong. No, 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 no. I need extra help. And therefore, devise stratagems like extra chauffeur blowing, to help me out vis-a-vis Satan. Uh, which is just interesting because in both cases it acknowledges that although theoretically people should be very, uh, what's the right word, you know, black and white, very litvish, very, uh, you know, uh, you do right or you do wrong, we're really weaker than that, most of us. And we need extra help. And uh, I will cheat, we'll do anything it takes uh, to win because it's your life and me, and me, almost. And uh, once again, to encounter the Yitzhahara straight, straight up, is uh, very difficult. Some can do it, but many can't. And they need some extra tricks or stratagems on the side to do so. So, as the Musarists put it, when you go to war against your enemy, which is the Yitzhahara, you see an Avera happening over there, you want to do it. First of all, come up with tricks and shticks come up with stratagems, with cheshbonus, with, uh, with with plans, like Yisrael Slanter would say, to uh, beat this system. Because if you don't, you'll end up with Bensor and Moreno, you end up with bad with bad uh, results. So, in that regard, Parshik Tisete, in my opinion, has a very interesting connection with the Rosh Hashanah experience that is coming up. That's all I have time to say for now. Have a good Shabbos.
For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.